Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 17th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today on the College Football Daily, we're going to talk about Oregon and how the Ducks are bidding adieu to 2020 starter Tyler Shuck and likely, possibly, hopefully, going to begin the Ty Thompson era, the number 39 recruit in the class of 2021. 6'4 quarterback, can make all the throws. Very, very highly coveted recruit already on Oregon's campus, and some believe he's the reason Tyler Shuck transferred. The only thing standing in the way of Ty Thompson being a multi-year starter in Eugene is grad transfer Anthony Brown, by way of Boston College, who didn't do much in 2020, but has a capable veteran leading hand. So we're going to break all of that down with Eric Scopel of Duck Territory, 24-7 Sports' Oregon site. Before we do that, a few news items to get to. Yesterday, we talked about Gus Malzahn with Brandon Marcello and how the former Auburn coach has landed at Central Florida. Brandon called it one of the best hires of the offseason, second only to Texas landing Steve Sarkeesian. Contract numbers for Gus Malzahn are out. Looks like UCF got a bargain five-year deal, $2.3 million annually for Malzahn. And get this, good for him. His $21.5 million buyout from Auburn is not mitigated by that. So he's going to get all of his buyout money and he's going to get to coach in sunny Florida. That sounds pretty good. Speaking of Florida, the Gators had their pre-spring press conference today. Head coach Dan Mullen acknowledged that there were NFL rumors about him this offseason. Urban Meyer went to the Jaguars and, and it was it seemed possible at one point that Dan Mullen would, would be another former college coach headed to the NFL or college coach headed to the NFL as, as he's currently uh, at Florida. But he said that was, that was just rumors. Uh, no interest on his end as he sticks around in Gainesville and, and sort of has to do a soft rebuild of a 2020 team that was pretty dang good and still somehow ended up 8-4. and four. And As for this year's team, Florida will have its practices begin this week, but will not have a spring football game. Definitely had to make that decision, according to Athletic Director Scott Strickland, because the Gators did not feel comfortable hosting fans given COVID-19 pandemic still ongoing and that Ben Hill Griffin Stadium is being used right now as a large-scale testing and vaccination site. So without fans, there was really no point in staging a spring game, even though I would have loved to watch it on TV. So this Florida spring will be in full. All, you get all your practices in, but no game for us to watch. I'm sure many other college teams will follow the Gators pattern. 
Tennessee, it's our last note of the day. The Vols took their time to hire a defensive coordinator, but they finally got one. They landed Penn State's Tim Banks, who was the co-DC last year in Happy Valley. He's 49 years old. And in a way, Tennessee's defensive coordinator search mirrored their 2017 head coaching search, like a mini little version of it with much less drama and much less public fanfare. Although it did get messy at times, it seemed like every single day or every other day there was a new name popping into the the candidates list and several guys got close to either accepting the job or finalizing an acceptance with the job kept falling through and and Tennessee circles back to Penn State's Tim Banks so as Josh Heupel puts together his staff that all happened on Monday so it's it's certainly interesting and will be fun to watch how all of that goes in Knoxville and compare it to how it goes in Orlando because Josh Heupel came from Central Florida many of those coaches that he has at Tennessee now also came from Central Florida, and you know, can he build on some concerns and some successes that he had with the Knights? And then more so, will Tennessee ever look at what Gus Malzahn's doing down there with the Knights and say, huh, we could have had him? Because they could have. Gus Malzahn was a more attractive coaching candidate than Josh Heupel. I'm not even sure if Tennessee tested that one out. All right, we're going to take a really quick break, and then we're going to talk to Eric Scopel about Oregon and about Tyler Shuck leaving and about this new freshman quarterback, Ty Thompson, who could be all the rage. The College Football Daily will be right back. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Okay, bringing in Eric Scopel right now. Hey, Eric, when you first saw the news that Tyler Shuck was transferring, what popped into your head? I was surprised. You know, I think the way things had been communicated and even some of the things we'd heard behind the scenes was that he was going to give it a go even after what was a really disappointing you know, conclusion to his I – mean, he started every game. <laughs> he started every game in 2020. And to have a quarterback have an opportunity to come back and compete for that job the following season and not make it to spring camp surprises me. It, it really did. You know, I think – the lasting memory for a lot of people who who watched this team the last couple of years will probably be just how poorly he played in a couple of those games down the stretch. But I, I think, you know, you really go look at his numbers early on in the season and the and, and the eye test, and he looked really, really good. His first two games, he was the first quarterback or the only other quarterback in Oregon history, aside from Marcus Mariota, to throw for 250 yards and to rush for 80 yards. You know, he started and it was against Pac-12 competition. You know, he played Stanford. They played Washington State. He was running effectively. He was throwing the ball effectively. And to see it, I mean, if you would have told me at that point in the season he wasn't going to be on the roster, I would have been really confused. In theory, I guess he could have put his name in for the draft, but that would be really, really, really aggressive, I think, for him to have done it. So for the fact that he's transferring, I think a pretty surprising decision from his point of view. I get it, but it surprised me. Yeah, it's so it's sort of weird that he had been the long-expected guy to take over for Justin Herbert, then the opportunity he got was just not not what he would have expected in, in a shortened COVID season, weird off no. season, whatever. So we'll see what happens to him and where he goes. And, and obviously it'll be interesting to track. He's a former four-star recruit. The reason you're on here is this isn't just a guy transferring and then the quarterback room is a fun competition. I think there's some some potential here to have a, a total contrast of, of college quarterbacks. You've got Anthony Brown, 
who I thought was good enough last year and I, as time in Boston College to warrant starting consideration somewhere, and maybe it's in Eugene. And then you've also got, and I know you're going to mention there's other guys too, but mm-hmm. Ty Thompson, the incoming freshman, why can't he be Oregon's next three to four years starter? It, to me, it feels like Tyler Shuck was like, okay, golly, Ty Thompson's pretty good. I better get out of here. My answer is I think Tyler Shuck will be, or sorry, Ty Thompson will be Oregon's three to four year starter, but I don't know if that starts in 2021. But I, I mean, this is where things get interesting for sure, because this is, I mean, I, actually, and we talked pre-podcast about some comparisons historically, th- this could actually be a little bit of Darren Thomas leaving before Marcus Mariota steps into the starting lineup at Oregon about seven years ago, where Darren Thomas was, Darren Thomas was a much more accomplished quarterback and actually had professional aspirations. He was going to be a senior, but he had just led Oregon to a national championship game appearance. And then the following year to a Rose Bowl win. And rather than come back, you know, and he would argue, I think, and I've talked to him since he would argue that he legitimately thought he had professional aspirations, but there was some noise that he kind of saw this Mariota guy sneaking up and there were no assurances made that Mariota was going to be the number two quarterback and not the starter. And so he took off. And so I, I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility that Ty Thompson, who is on campus right now and arrived shortly after the, 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 uh, the Fiesta Bowl, that Ty Thompson didn't turn Tyler Shuck's head. And they're from the same home state. They know some of the same people. I know that. And maybe he was going like, boy, this kid's really, really special. And Mario Cristobal, this is prior to Chuck, or yeah, to Chuck announcing he was leaving, did say that Ty Thompson was going to have a shot at this and that Ty Thompson is someone who's really special and there's a lot of excitement around him on campus right now. And so there is certainly the possibility Ty Thompson can, can step in and this is going to be an immediate thing and he'll be the starting quarterback day one. I would also say, historically, I've done the research on this. I don't think Oregon's ever had a a true freshman quarterback be a day one starter. And if they have, it would go back to pre-1980s. So you'd be looking at, you know, 40, 50 years since they've done this. They've had quarterbacks like Justin Herbert come in and start midway through this true freshman season. And they've obviously had redshirt freshman quarterbacks like a Marcus Mariota most recently step in, but never a true freshman from day one. So that's why I kind of am just like, I don't, there's not really much precedence, you know, at Oregon and even around the country. Like you look at the top quarterbacks, most of them don't start day one as true freshmen. They usually need a year, half a year to get going. Maybe Ty Thompson is the exception, not the rule, but it's going to be really interesting to see what takes place and the quarterback battle. Yeah, I'll mention a couple names aside from Brown and, and Thompson. There's Jay Butterfield and Robbie Ashford, a couple of 2020 four-star quarterback recruits who Oregon's very high on when I brought up. Ty Thompson during Mark Cristobal's signing day press conference, he was quick to just point out the strides both of those guys had made. So there are four scholarship quarterbacks on campus. All of them will have an opportunity in spring, which starts in probably about two and a half weeks to make a move for this. But I think the sense that I have, and certainly I think the sense you get from talking to people is that it's probably going to be either Brown or Ty Thompson, the true freshman. It's going to be one of those two guys more than likely. And, and it will take a lot, I think, from one of those other two quarterbacks to really push themselves into, into this competition in a real way. Well, you lay out the case for Brown because when you talk Ty Thompson, that's what I want. I think that's probably <laughs> what a lot of Oregon fans want. They, they want the best guy to win the job. But if you, if you can have the, the true freshman who was the number 39 recruit win the job, that, that, that's a lot better than the one-year guy in Anthony Brown. We're all going to be talking Thompson and, and all summer. Like, that's what we're going to be talking about. And then maybe, of course, as you said, like Mario Cristobal goes, no, we're going Anthony Brown. So if that is the decision, for a few games at least, hey, maybe it's just like Justin Herbert or maybe it's like Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence. What does Anthony yep. Brown do that could cause him to win the job? there's a lot of different ways to think about this and I've, <laughs> I've thought and written about it and talked on podcasts about it a lot. 
I think the number one thing is just familiarity at this level. There is going to be growing pains. Oregon's number two game, their second game of the season is against Ohio State and Columbus this year. How ready is a true freshman quarterback, regardless of how talented he is, to take that on? And I think there are, I know Oregon's 2020 season wasn't perfect, but the, the aspirations are still really, really high about winning a conference championship, playing in or, or competing to be one of the four teams in the college football playoff. And I think if you lose that Ohio State game, and let's say it's not particularly pretty, and, and Thompson takes some lumps there, what does that do for the rest of your season? So th- th- that's maybe the argument. I don't, I don't know if Anthony Brown is going to be good enough to beat Ohio State. I, I, I mean, that may, so maybe it's the difference between a kind of saving your face loss and a loss that's pretty ugly. And maybe that ultimately doesn't matter very much. And Mario Cristobal says, we'll take a game that doesn't look very good. But by week nine, we're going to be a heck of a lot better with this kid than we are with the, uh, with the older quarterback. So maybe that's the argument to be made. And I think I think the thing where it gets interesting here is what about long term? Because if you go Anthony Brown in 2021, and let's say it's the whole season, is that not just sort of postponing the inevitable, which is Oregon again needs to find another starting Mm -hmm. quarterback in 22? Because the reality is Oregon had Justin Herbert in 2019. Tyler Shuck in 2020, Anthony Brown in 21, if this is the hypothetical that that takes place. And then it would be a fourth new starting quarterback in 2022. So the arguments for Thompson make a lot of sense. But I think from a solidifying the program perspective, from a Brown has put in some time, right? And I know you, you want to argue, you have to argue that talent supersedes a guy being around the program because you don't just play a guy because he's been around for a while. There's loyalty really can't be the ultimate deci- you know, the deciding factor. But I, I could see, I really, I, I, my gut right now probably says Anthony Brown to start the season. And I'm not going to be surprised if this is more a Dakota Prukop to Justin Herbert deal where you got the veteran grad transfer who's with the team. He starts the season and you got the youngster kind of right on his heels who passes him later on the season. The one caveat, the one difference being that 2016 season was a really bad season for Oregon. They had already, by the time Herbert got his first start against Washington, they had no postseason. They had no conference championship, you know, goals or aspirations. All that was out the window and it was just kind of a free for all season. Let's just go with the younger guy. I don't know if that's the case in 2021. And do you really want to pull Anthony Brown and go with the true freshman if things are really looking good? So I, I, I do think it's going to be really interesting to see the decision that Mario Cristobal and Joe Moore had go with. I think it's, it's not an easy one. There, there are pros and cons both directions. And to me, at least on the outside, looking in without spring practice having taken place, I, I think going with the older guy early at least sets you up to at least maybe be in position to have the best possible season. Because I do think they have the talent to be pretty darn good in 2021. So my last question to you, Eric, I've been chewing on this one for a few months now. Justin Herbert was way better with the Chargers than I thought he would be. And then I think most people thought he would be. He was kind of the guy who would get all the draft buzz when he was in college since his sophomore year. And we'd all be like, really? Huh? But I think not only him being the rookie of the year and then kind of watching Oregon struggle at quarterback in 2020, I think it, it made me have a greater appreciation for Justin Herbert and hey, he had some flaws in college, but you know, pretty dang good and finished on a nice high note too in the Rose Bowl. Is the sentiment the same up there? Were you guys always loving Justin Herbert? Where was anyone ever at any point in his four years like, is this is this guy the best we can do? Let, like, let's let's see what's next. Because I just know that it kind of made me look at at Oregon in, in a different light and and his time there in in a different light. And and maybe it even made me realize like how much better he made Oregon because without him, it just wasn't quite the same. This just tells you how crazy fans are. But there was. 
put in Tyler Shuck calls midway through his junior year, you know, and there was even some, hey, well, let's try Shuck at some points during 2020. <laughs> and we now know from an Oregon perspective, it's kind of funny looking back at that just of, well, now look what happened with Tyler Shuck it was pretty clear, which was the, which was the better player. And I, I do think, the thing that was always really interesting, I think with, with Herbert's time here is, is, and you're right, you look at the numbers and I just recently kind of ran through Oregon's career passing records list. And he's, he's number two, undoubtedly behind Marcus Mariota in basically every category, or he's surpassed him in some of the career things because he played a year more. Like statistically, his his career will stand the test of time. People will look back and say, clearly, he was one of the better guys. But what I think he lacked almost was kind of like a marquee moment aside from mm. the Rose Bowl. And even the Rose Bowl, he didn't do with his arm, which I think kind of like if you were to just pull up his passing stats, like you wouldn't be like, oh, there's his moment. But he did run in three touchdowns. He didn't have those kind of moments. And I think he was somewhat inconsistent. And I don't want to be too critical of Oregon's former offensive coordinator. He's now a head coach at UNLV. I think even in the moment, it kind of felt like, are they maximizing what they have here? 2018, the receiver play was not good. They had one receiver who was reliable as Dylan Mitchell. He ended up going pro year early, went undrafted. I think actually was taken the seventh, but hasn't really done anything professionally. And you could blame it on the receivers. You're like, okay, maybe the receivers just weren't up cut for it. And then 2019, the receiver play was a lot better. But in totality, the passing game was still like kind of middle of the road in the Pac-12. So it took a lot of people by surprise this season he had. I'll put it that way. I know that was kind of the original tenor of the question. I don't think a lot of people expected he would start that many games. And I don't think very few people would have had him pegged for NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. And, and, and not only that, but to break the number, you know, all the records and, and, and uh, to have arguably the best rookie passing season of all time. I don't think there would be many people who would have really expected that outside of maybe Justin's family and, and close <laughs> friends. But boy, did he look good. And and I think, yeah, I mean, you could probably turn an argument to what happened and why were they not a little better throwing the football in 2018 and 19 when he was at the peak of his powers. And and yet the obviously 2019 was a special season. He had some some big games, but you never really saw it come together like you would with some of these other big time quarterbacks who, who went on to win big trophies and, and be drafted just as high. Well, it's going to be fun to see if Ty Thompson follows the same career path mm-hmm. as Justin Herbert. I think we're on the same page, though, Eric. I think we expect it to be a multi-year starter. I would expect that by October, November, December of 2021, this upcoming fall, Ty Thompson is getting some serious reps. Anthony Brown, though, might hold down that spot in week one. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you for listening to the College Football Daily. Thank you to Eric Scoble for joining us. Appreciate Lance Glenn, our producer, putting this thing together. My name is Trey Scott. We'll talk to you all on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. the truth the enemy is at our gates the fight for humanity i look at your faces i do not see defeat no and i do not see surrender is far from over you will not make that stand alone we have something the enemy does not we have heroes halo new season now streaming exclusively on paramount plus